Hi there, you've stumbled across The Christian Truth, a podcast where I, Prophetess LGBTQ, comes, well, sometimes I come yell at you. If you come here to hear about nothing but Bible scripture or religion, you've inadvertently ended up in the wrong podcast, because I switch it up a bit, and I curse pretty often, actually, in the beginning. Just ride this out with me, it's so worth it. But I'm human, so I'm not gonna be perfect. Each episode, though, is from the heart, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think. Leave your comments below any episode and let me know what you thought. Remember, you were warned. This is me as he made me. And he's not done with me yet. Talk for now. Hey guys, this is LGBTQ. uh, Prophetess LGBTQ. I told you I'm not used to calling myself that, so I I don't usually do it. I understand it's been a while. Um, Your girl's been busy. Um, as you know, I'm a, I'm a small business owner, but I have multiple businesses, and I'm trying to get them all off the ground relatively around the same time. Uh, so that includes marketing, administrative, and you know, just development in, in, all, in all areas. But uh, So that's what I've been doing, as well as trying to keep up with the actual business uh, that's coming in. Because I am I'm not going to brag, but I am good at what I do, obviously, though I wouldn't keep having customers. I was telling my husband today that uh, it it feels pretty good to be open for only two years and to be considered a retained tailor and a, and a committed, contracted uh, seamstress. I have both of those situations uh, where people who have come to me have seen my process, seen the way I work, and they like my process. They like the way I work. They want to stay with me because I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be honest about what I know. And it's a good feeling, you know what I'm saying? To not know that you're not only affecting people in a positive manner, but you're also, uh, excuse me, you're also retaining business through your manner, like through your, your characteristics, your personality, it's retaining business for me. So it's it's a good feeling, you know, that can God put this type of spirit in my heart. So I, I mean, I am who I am. And that's just what people, you know, are apparently are in support of and, and gravitating toward. So it's, it's a good thing to see. And I really like, I like working for people who, who see my potential and, and see how far we could go together, right? I've been spending many, many nights up late till 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, trying to develop my catalog properly because um, I'm still relearning things that I learned in school because there were certain things I felt I knew that I didn't really pay attention to in class. Um, now I don't know them, yeah? So I'm relearning myself. Cause like I said, you learn from schooling itself as well as the actual education that you receive from schooling. You learn what works for you. What I will tell you, if I thought I knew what I was doing, I didn't study that well. I didn't really apply myself as much as I should have. You get me? So now I'm struggling, okay? But there's always a book out there. That's what I love about reading. Y'all think I'm a nerd. Give it a darn. Get me? There's a book out there that's going to teach me or reteach me, as it were, how to do something I've already learned, but now I will always have a reference for it. Do you know how excited I am about building my own reference library? I kept every single copy of my textbooks from every single class from this last uh this last degree plan I had and I'm continuing to add to it because I'm a seamstress so and a tailor 
Um, so I've gotten books uh, in that particular field uh, to just guide me, you know, for reference, uh, should I have some questions. Um, I have actual mentors in the field as well, in different capacities, um, who I go to uh, for design ideas, uh, for cutting and sewing, you know, just the basics, as well as uh, pattern uh, guidance and advice. And God put those people in place because he taught me to network. He taught me to reference uh, those resources that I've been given through business um, and church, of course. God bless America because my church family, I'm not very close with all of them as, it used to, as I used to be. Um, and I'm sure that God has a purpose for that. But I am close with certain people still in the church and... Well, I just, it means a lot that they're still in my life and that um, they're there for me when I need them because what I am and what I do, or maybe even what I say, should not dictate how you feel about me. And if it does, then I don't need you in my life, okay? So, the, uh, because I don't want to judge you for your beliefs. You see what I'm saying? I don't judge you for the way you act or conduct yourself. Um, Because if I did, I wouldn't be on the radio telling you that I'm not going to judge you because that would be being hypocritical and I'm not that type of person. Um, I try my best not to be as well. So today's uh, subject actually is not about myself. Uh, Well, kind of about myself, but I came to Revelation uh, within the last uh, year or so. And um, we started a series a couple weeks back called Hard Love. I don't know what part we're on, but um, I'll reference that and, and update it later. But this is uh, the next part, next part of the series of hard love. And uh, I knew that this part was coming, you know what I'm saying? And I knew that because I'm an honest person or I try my very hardest, okay, to be as open and honest as possible, uh, no matter who it hurts, no matter who it offends, okay? Um, This was hard to, to accept because I had to be honest with myself. I had to be really real with what I had been doing, what, what my, when my past experiences had, uh, resulted in. Okay. So, um, some of you may know me, uh, and those of you who don't know that I'm a mother now of three beautiful, strong, loving boys and, uh, married for the third time, uh, for the last time. Thank you very much. Uh, praise Jesus. He gave me the, well, I found the man God made for me. You get me? Like, I, I, I found him. And that's, I hope every single one of you finds yours. Like, I seriously do. Everyone, every single soul, you get me, has been made for another. That is what I said. Every single soul has been made for another. So, we all have one. And it doesn't, I didn't say soul for, for the opposite sex soul. That's not, I didn't say nothing like that. Y'all out of that. That's your business. Anyway, so there's a soul for every other souls. Okay. And I found mine. And I used to marvel at the idea that I get to walk into a room anytime he is there, people. So much I love my soul. I love how my soul mated with this person's soul. Okay. I get to walk into a room anytime that he is there and know that I'm in the presence of eternal love and commitment. This man's here forever. There's no doubt in my body. None. Not a one. Not a, not a, not a, nothing. Nothing in this world could change this fact. Because God put us together. 
and nothing that God put together, okay, can be broke asunder. So, yeah, forever. To walk into room with forever, come on now. That's a beautiful feeling. That's a beautiful feeling because you're so secure. That's your best friend. You know every single thing about that person. Even the things you don't know about that person, you know that they're, you don't know them for a safe reason. You get me? Like, I just love that man. Love me some him, okay? And uh, we have three beautiful children. I, uh, I am a business owner, but I uh, wasn't always squared away, as it were. <laughs> I was not always squared away. Now, this, what's coming is a, it's a really hard truth. It's going to affect a lot of people, and I don't really care because it's my truth. And I, I, it's time for me to face it, okay? So I mentioned before that my son was, uh, was in a situation um, with a family member of mine. That had, in my time and at that moment, in my opinion, had possibly put him in danger, as it were. And, um, excuse me, he, uh, I didn't know where he was. I didn't know who had him. I didn't know anything about him because, well, he got taken from an airport. Now, I will say this to you before I go on, that the method is not what I understand. Okay, the method is, I don't know what she was thinking, but the purpose, the intent, as much as it hurt me then and hurts me now to say and admit to was right on, spot on, get me like spot on because as a mother, as a good mother, I believe myself to be a good mother. I wasn't always though. And that's what I'm about to explain to you. Hard love is looking at yourself. Okay. And realizing that you didn't always do it right. And things happened the way they did because someone else took over when you weren't getting it right. It's hard to accept uh, things that hurt you so very deeply, so very badly for for in a long, long, long time. Okay, um, even if it's not for a long time, even if it's for a week. Okay, uh, something that hurts you so deeply. Um, it's hard to just like come back from the pain of it and reevaluate it for what it actually is. And to me, in my situation, uh, I had to do that. I had to because I missed my mother. I missed her dearly because I'd only got one. No, I, no, no, no. Everyone says, oh, no, no, you have two. No, 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 no. I had one mother. I have a woman who gave me life. Okay. She created me, but she didn't raise me. My mother raised me. So I have one mother. I have one mother who brought me into her life when she didn't have to. Raised me into the woman you see and hear in your ear today. And I wasn't always grateful to this woman. Wasn't always thankful for this woman's actions in my life. No, no, it wasn't. It was often times that I resented and hated, I said it, hated her for what she had done to me into mine because that's what I saw it as it was her hurting me and mine her hurting me and mine I want you to remember that phrase so I evaluated the situation uh, about a year ago before beautiful great things happened um, forgave my mother brought my son home uh, have an absolutely amazing relationship with his grandparents. 
um, gives two derns how his aunt feels about anything. Um, but outside of those things, um, I had to reevaluate myself. I had to reevaluate why this took place because I believe that God does everything on purpose. Can I get an amen? Every single thing that happens to us is done on purpose. It is happening on purpose. There ain't no mistakes up in here. It might look like a mistake. It might feel like a mistake. But guess what? Him had a purpose for your mistake. Okay? All right. So, by the way, I'm not talking about children. Okay? Ain't no child up in this world been made by mistake. No, no, no. You might have, oops. No, 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 no. God let it come to term because he has no mistakes on record. Okay? Okay. Moving along. I was in my early 20s. And uh, I know you guys are like, well, Mel, you're only in your late 30s. Yeah, I'm in my late 30s now. So mind your business. And just listen to the story. Okay. I was in my early 20s and I had just joined the service for the second time. I had successfully graduated and I had been stationed for the first time and only time um, at my duty station. Active duty station. Okay. It means every single Monday through Friday, I was at work. Working my little MOS. Okay. And on the weekends, they were mine. From Friday to Sunday night, my weekend, mine. I wasn't a mom. I was me. I was Mel. I never got to be just me, Mel, without being a mom. No, no. I need you to understand where I went on this journey to rediscover my truth, okay? That's the hard love part. Like, I'm rediscovering my own truth. I'm not going to keep coming to you guys and telling you about yourselves and not grow and enlighten myself you understand what i'm saying i was doing a lot of things that a mother okay doesn't do now mind you most teen moms i considered myself to be a teen mom because i was 19 when i had i was 19 when i had my son Nineteen or twenty, at least. But he, uh, I was a teen mom. I was a late teen, <laughs> but I was still a teen mom, and I didn't really get a chance to do teen things, able to drink things. If you get what I'm saying, so I use that as my excuse. I have never gotten to do this before. My mom's got my baby. I'm good. I signed my only child over to the person I loved and trusted most in the world. I don't say it in past tense, but that is what I felt at that moment in life when this took place. Because I love and trust my mothers right now. This is just a story. Follow along, please. So then we have... Uh, two thousand nine comes along, and uh, I go home to visit my mother, my child. I'm a happy person. Life is great. Everything is good. But not, not so much. My mother has her opinions of what was taking place back then. And looking at it today, I see where she came from. I almost try to sidestep it. My mother said I wasn't making the right choices as a mother. A mother was not making the right choices in me. That's what she said. She put it on paper, folks. Black and white. I read it, okay? That I, as a mother, was not making the best choices from a child. 
And it hurt me deeply. Like, how dare she say that about me? Like, what's wrong with you, woman? Like, this is the only child I have. How could you say these things? But that's when you're young and you're indignant and you believe that you are righteous. And no one better tell you otherwise. I'm not young, naive, and no longer righteous. My mother did exactly what she was supposed to. As a mother, she did exactly what she was supposed to. I put my child in care of a mother. So as a mother, what happened after I left that day from her house? That was all on me. Because as a mother, she did exactly what she should have. And it was hard. I know that that was, there was nothing about that that was easy. Again, I say what she did, how she did it. That, that's never going to make sense to me, okay? That's not going to make sense to me. I don't want it to make sense because that's, you didn't know that person at all. You knew me. But when the time comes, I'll understand it. The method, I don't understand. But I understand now why she did what she did. She was told that she would never see my son again. Because I was tired of her kicking me out. Because now that you're kicking me out, you're also kicking out my son. So if that's really what you want to do, woman, that's fine. I'm going to go. But just know that you're never going to see him again. That's what I said to her. So. <clears throat> she did what she did. I'm not going to say specifically because I don't want to single out this person specifically. The people who are involved know who it is and that's all they need to know. Um, this person did what she did uh, for the sake of my child and I took it offensively. Of course, I lost my all my cookies. Um, the people, like I said, that were there know how that went down. Um, the point of this podcast, though, is to explain to you my hard love reality. My truth must be spoken regardless of how it makes me look. Okay. We have a... If we're going to be good, wholesome people, we're going to be honest with ourselves first and foremost. And then be being able to be honest with ourselves allows us to be honest with others. Makes sense, yes? So it took me about a year. To come to terms with the fact that my mother had done the right thing for the right reasons. Um, Even though it was the wrong thing for those right reasons. She had done the right thing. She had done what she should have done. However, her methods were awry, in my opinion. That's all I'm saying, okay? I don't fault her any longer for what she did because she saved my baby's life. I was not being a mom. I was not, I wasn't even, it was irrelevant to me. My child was irrelevant. 
because I wanted to do me. And how dare you tell me I can't do me the way I'm doing me. I know a lot of people who could say, well, see, this is why we know you had no right to do anything that you did to me in retaliation for what actually took place because it wasn't about you in my rank or my position in your unit. It was about what you could do because you couldn't do what you wanted to. That's what that, that that's just what took place. We just gonna leave it at that. Okay. I'm not gonna say names anymore because you know who's yours. Okay. All right. So moving on. Um, she did that. She said that. She protected him. And I'm here today to tell you that I'm so thankful to my mother. You understand what I'm saying? I'm thankful that she saved my baby's life. I'm not saying I would have killed him. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not that retarded. I'm not. Excuse me, mother. I'm not that silly. But I wasn't worried about him at all. And my mother was. At that time, my mother was the only one. And that's a cold, hard truth that I had to face about myself. That's called hard love. Can you imagine how hard it would have been? Say it was you and it's your grandson. And he, uh, he's got a mom, right? Your daughter or your son, but they're not around. So, so you're the only one that is around for that particular grandchild. What would you do? If you saw them doing nothing for their child and their child needing guidance, parenting, everything, you figured on me, what would they do? What would you do as a grandparent? What would you do? It's hard to say it, but that you do the exact same thing. Because I saw many people in court, do you understand me? Grandparents, okay, who felt they had a right to people's children because they didn't like the way their child, their grandchildren were being raised by the parent. Then there was grandparents who wanted to make their children give up their own parental rights so that they could adopt their grandchildren because those children of theirs weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing either. My mother never went that far. She never went to the part where she's going to try to adopt my children. I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe it's because I woke up finally and she realized that you, what you're doing is not okay and someone's checking you on it. But I do know That I'm thankful that she's still around. That I'm thankful that she did what she did. Not the way she did it, just that she did it. Because I see how hard it was for her to do it. Because I was her only daughter. Do you understand what I'm saying? I am her only daughter. I'm the only one she's getting. I'm the only one. That's pretty awesome, by the way. Because I've never been the only anything. I was the middle child, I was the second for everything. I was usually ganged up against. Nobody believed me. Nobody took my side. Do you understand what I'm saying? And now I'm in a house full of men. Like I am the only female other than the animals, a cat, the fur babies. And I are the only female beings in the house. 
So, it is what it is. So another part before I go, because this isn't going to be too long one, I don't think. Um, I was listening to this new song called Without Me by Fantasia, Missy Elliott, and Kay Rowland. I probably did that order wrong, but that's who it's about. And I love it. However, I want y'all to remember something. I'm a Christian. I know it might have slipped your mind because some of y'all don't like me at all, but you're still listening. So God bless you. Amen. So I was listening to this new song and yes, it is, you know, sensual. I didn't say sexual. I said sensual. It is evocative, not provocative, evocative. It makes you think. It makes you, oh, sit up and take a listen. Okay. Take notice. It's got a message. And then I was thinking to myself, most music does have a message. Did you know, however, that every Christian, regardless of the genre that they sing in or entertain in, okay, every Christian artist or entertainer, regardless of the genre they actually perform in, is writing for Jesus. Wait, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me show you how. So what this song is, do you really want me to tell people the truth about who you really are? Like you and I both know like what you really are, where you got all this money, who put you on, so on and so forth. Do you really want to do that? Because we can do that. That's the message of this song. Now, here's where I'm going to blow your mind. Every single song that I have ever listened to since I rediscovered Jesus I think about it, minus the sex, could this song, if there's sex, I don't listen to music about sex, that's just disgusting, but if there's an undertone of any kind, aside from that undertone, okay, um, or the supposed intent of the song, uh listening to the words, I listen to the words, okay, and I listen to what the words mean, which is what, reading in between the lines, yes, okay, so a reading like this, yeah. Every single song I've ever listened to since rediscovering Jesus has technically been written about or to Jesus. Every single one. Every single one I listen to, even if it's a country song, if it's a uh, Christian rap song, well, obviously Christian rap is, but I mean, I was listening to this song and it's, I would say hip hop or R&B, whatever. Even if it's smooth jazz and it's got actual words to it, they're talking about the person you are playing to be. Only one other person knows better. And that's him. You're playing this persona, but you and I, God and you, know who I really am. You see what I'm saying? Every single song. So you make it easy. That can, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a love song. But you can love Jesus. I know people out there who love them some Jesus. Okay, that's my boyfriend. That is my boy. And they mean it to the core of their toe. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? They mean that. And that's beautiful. You claim him, honey. Okay, that is your Jesus. That is your man. Okay, boo-boo. That's yours. He's yours. 
You can have Jesus in any way that you want to. That upsets a few people. Gives a darn. I gives a darn because it's true. Jesus comes to you individually how he knows he can reach you individually. You know who taught me that? My pastor. My pastor said, I know that you don't think, okay, well, why is he talking like this? Because uh, God doesn't hear people who talk like this. That's not true. That's not true. God hears you and your voice, your spirit, how he intended your voice and spirit to sound okay. That's what my pastor said. So that, that, that helped me push back the, past the demon of shame. Jesus knows what I look like, what I sound like, what I feel like. Okay, he knows me. I don't have to worry about how you feel, about the way I'm talking to him. That's not my problem. That's not, I'm going to give a darn. Give a darn. I'm going to give a darn. Going to give a darn. Because that's not your business. My Jesus is my Jesus. That person's Jesus is their Jesus. And he loves us individually the way we love him. Can I get an amen? So I don't, it doesn't really matter how you feel about me and my Jesus. Or that you don't feel I have enough Jesus in me to call myself a prophetess. I'm not worried about you and your opinion, yon. Okay? Because Jesus all up in here. And he knows my heart. He knows my spirit. He knows what I look and smell like. He knows me. So the way I speak to Jesus is my business. And the way I communicate with God and Jesus is also my business. And I'm sorry if it offends you. No, I'm not sorry that it offends you. I am sorry that you're offended. Not that I offended you because I don't really care if offended you. Because it's not your business. It's my business. And me and Jesus going to keep on being business partners. Okay? Okay. So every song that you listen to from here point forward, if you're listening to me, go ahead and just try it out. See if you can't get an actual message to or for Jesus out of that, that, that message. Every single song. I mean, like, you have to understand that there are some hardcore loves. There's some deep, disturbing loves. But it's between them and Jesus. And he working on them, Okay. That's that he, he working on us all. So each single type of love, that's how he sees us individually. That person over there got some angry love. He got some things to work out, but he knows that spirit because he's been there the whole time. Hello. Regardless of whether that spirit realizes or recognizes that he exists. We've covered this. Yes. Right. Moving on. So I want you to start listening to your music that way. If you don't mind, just try it out. See what happens. Right? So, I was uh, thinking about that and thinking about how, um, you know, how far my business has come. And, of course, about forever with my husband. I hadn't been on podcasts for a while, and I realized why. I was just not angry at the moment. I know that seems weird. Like, I only come when I'm angry. Well, yeah, basically. Because if I get angry enough to want to talk to someone about it, I come to you guys. You're like my journal. You know what I mean? But uh, there's some things that have happened that I have literally said, Nuh-uh, yours, Jesus. Yours. I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm not going to put my energy towards even figuring out what he's talking about. I'm not going to do it because that's yours, Jesus. Him, yours. That one's yours. All yours. I ain't claiming that one. Never gonna. Never gonna. Get me? I just don't have the patience or the energy to expend on every single upset that this person does. Just, I ain't got it. Tell me I ain't got it, y'all. 
I ain't got it. Mm -mm. I don't. I don't. I didn't put him there. I'm not going to be updated or give a darn every time he does something wrong. Like, I knew he wasn't going to do right in the first place. That's why I didn't put him there. I'm just saying. So I'm saying, Lord. So that's what I'm saying. So, so there's those of you who truly believe. Lord Jesus. I'm going to do it, though. The mask. Okay? I started making masks myself. If y'all are interested, I've got some with and without no strips. Beard, non-beard, fixed and pleated. Okay? All right, so the mask situation. I've had the memes where anybody else take off your mask once you get outside of a building. Like you just exited a really disappointing surgery on Grey's Anatomy. Yes, yes, that is exactly what happens to me. I don't actually leave my house on purpose, okay? Because I don't want to, oh, frick. I get all the way here and I don't have a mask. You know why? Because I don't give a darn. I don't give a darn. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be safe. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying, I know my God. I'm not going to test God. So I'm going to take a mask. I'm going to wear a mask because that's what everybody else is doing. Okay. I can't go into any building at all up in my city without a mask on. So there's no purpose in actually trying to fight it. It's, there's no purpose whatsoever in life. Okay. None whatsoever. So I do it. Yeah. But I don't understand. Okay. Why you guys still think he's a good person in that office. Yeah. Who blatantly. I mean blatant. Like y'all have a law. Okay. There's a law in place. That you must wear a mask. And he came up in there. Y'all ain't got none of one on. Only. Half of you did, and that was his administration. The people supporting this mother. Lord, that's your child. I'm sorry. But he didn't have on a mask. He's the freaking P-O-T-U-S, okay? That's what you made him. You made him that. And he not even following the own law, y'all. What in God's name is he the commander-in-chief of if he ain't following your laws? See how mom's sad? This is, makes no sense. To, I don't get you guys. I don't get it. I don't get it. But you guys still think that he's. And then what's really cracking me up, right? So the same people, okay, who support this Nimrod, mm-hmm, who don't wear a mask. You're the ones who are saying only child molesters wear a mask and I don't molest children. Lord, help us, Jesus. What in God's name? In his holy, almighty, gracious name. Gave you that impression. That only child molesters wear masks. Are you freaking serious? How about sex traffickers? They wear masks. Doctors? Yeah, they wear masks. I'm sorry. Those are two totally different sides of the damn spectrum. They both wear masks. And you're not either of those either. But they wear a mask. So what you got to say now? You're not a doctor, but you're also not a sex trafficker or a child molester. You're just a dumb individual who chooses to specifically not follow the law because your president's not doing it. Those are the people, okay, who have 
decided they get a right to vote. They've had a right to vote. Those types of people, okay, have had the right to vote longer than my people have. But y'all are the one. You, Jesus in heaven. I don't see not a single black person, okay, not a one. You know why? I'm going to tell y'all why. Because that's the first thing that came in your mouth. I wonder why that is, Mal. Why is it that only black people always wear masks? Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you. Because one, we don't need to give y'all another reason to shoot us in the back, step on our neck, so on and so forth. Get me? Okay. So we're going to follow every single law you put down, regardless of whether or not we see you following your own laws. We just don't break laws on purpose. Like, that's not what we do. You get me? You know who else doesn't wear masks? Non-robbers. Robbers wear masks, right? People that are breaking into your house. So you don't know who they are. Yeah, they, they wear masks. Well, we mean, we're all, we're all, we're all, we're all just kind of trying to understand, you know what I mean? Like why only child molesters wear masks and that's why you're not going to wear a mask. A lot of people wear masks, actually, and you're not them either. But you still should wear a mask. That's my point. You, you're, you're talking about it's, it's a personal civil right. I have a right to express my opinion. Mm-hmm. You sure do. How about you get a see-through mask? They're making those now. I even know how. You get me? Order one. Boo. Make, I'll make five or six for you in different sizes. You figure, deal me? Like different fabric all with a clear center so that you can say how you freaking feel with a freaking mask on your face. And we can all see you spittle up your own face. That's what we're going to do. That's fine. We can do that. We'd rather you wear a mask and we can see you make yourself sick. Uh-huh. Uh, then, 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 then you're not wear a mask and we all get sick because you don't care. And you're not a child molester. Okay. That's cool. So you haven't heard much coming from Fort Hood either, have you? I mean... So-and-so got fired. Uh-huh. Right. The position still exists, which means someone else is going to fill it, which means someone else has to clean up this effort's mess. Okay, that's fine. That's on y'all between the federal government and Jesus. All right. All right. Because mm, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. All I'm saying. Okay. I think what I should do. I'll do that, Lord. I'll do that for you because I'm, I'm going to do, do my best. I'm doing my best. Does that make sense? You're going to make that happen. Anyway, so I had, um, I had a situation, right? Um, last week we walked, yes, for the, what you call it, the thingy, Alzheimer's. Walked in Alzheimer's. It was on Saturday, but I was walking all week. I've still been walking because my last event for my team is until November 15th. So every single step counts. Um, if you don't know what that means, it means that every single step that we take on record for this cure funds research and development into that cure. So every step counts. So I'm not worried about current events because, like I said, I know that God has it all well in hand. Um, 
still in fear. I had someone ask me, well, not me personally, but someone on one of the pages that I support or groups I'm a part of, I suppose, said that, uh, asked, says Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? Everyone says, yes, I am. Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord Jesus. Yes, I'm so ready. 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 Here's me. No, but I'm still excited and honored to be even considered. That's truth for you, but okay. No one is really ready. Let's be honest. I want to talk to you guys about this. If you want to die, that's on you, right? I'm saying you're not truly ready to see Jesus because we've never seen Jesus. We can't handle it. That's why we've never done it before, okay? Because God knows we can't. We're not ready, okay? We're not ready. He made us too imperfect. He is too beautiful for our eyes to behold, we are not physically, spiritually at all ready for that day, which is why it's the day of our death that we see him. Because then our bodies are even infinitesimally able to comprehend the magnitude that is Jesus and Christ. So I was going to be honest, I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that. No. I mean, that's huge. I'm not ready to die also because I've got a lot of stuff to do. I believe God has a lot of purpose left for me. So no, I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready for him to come and see me because that means I got to go. You know what I mean? Or it means that things are about to change. I'm not ready for that either. I'm not ready for change. I'm not saying that if he did come today or tomorrow that I wouldn't go willingly. But if you're going to be honest, come on, people, be honest. He says, put God first. I put God first. God made me fearful and wonderfully made. And I fear my God. I don't, I am not prepared to see him. He is too big for, oh, too big for me, too big for me. But it's an honor to even be considered to be in his presence. That is a child of God's honesty. Well, this child's God. Okay. This child of God's honesty. I'm not ready. He's still got a lot of work to do on me. I don't think he's ready for me either. <laughs> um, but if he is, hey, that's my time. I have one last thing. I have uh, a couple of friends on Facebook that um, I've known for a very, very long time. Some I've known for a few years. Some I've only known for a couple of months. The ones I've known for a few years, when they think back on our relationship, wow, we've known each other that long. That long okay? There's people I've known since elementary school. Middle school. Before high school. I know it's middle school, but no, right before high school. And then high school, the military the first time, military the second time, to present. I have a best friend. We've been very close since high school. And then there's this one person who I recently was considering. I was thinking about her for some reason. I'm not sure why. 
Oh, yes. I know why. She's celebrating um, a new senior. Her son's a senior. She's younger than me. And her son's a senior. My oldest child will be is a, is a sophomore this year. She's younger than me, and her oldest child is older than mine. And the reason I was thinking about her is because I know why that is. And I told her, hey, little sis, I'm really proud of you. Because he's obviously a very intelligent, beautiful young man. And I'm really proud of you. Because I know how this one came to be. And I think what she's done with what she's done with this young gentleman, please excuse my phone cut off, is out freaking standing. And I wanted her to know. Um, I won't call her name out because it's not necessary. She's you're outstanding. You're my hero. Okay, you're wonder momming. You hear what I'm saying to you, little sis? You are wonder momming, and you've been doing it for a lot longer than I have. And I just want you to know that you did it right you're doing very well and never stop doing exactly what you're doing I saw you reach the milestone I reached this year and you found your your soulmate your mate you found him and and I'm so very happy for you you found him before I long long time before I found mine (laughs) but I knew you were going places when you did and I'm just really happy to continuing I'm happy to can still to still be in your life after all of this time, regardless of why, regardless of the beginning, the origins, the circumstances, you're still special to me, Lilsis, and I, I really cherish you. So one last thing before I go, I, uh, I was like I said, I was thinking about the different friends that I've had throughout time and, and how they've had different impacts on my life, and I was going to take my godmother, I mean, not my godmother, but my spiritual mother to go meet my old, my first spiritual mother um, last week, Uh, but it didn't work out. So that maybe God didn't plan for that to happen for whatever reason. Um, But, um, you know, we make commitments to people and we hope that, um, that we can maintain them. But the, the best commitments are those that you know Well, let me take me for example. I have a specific belief that I don't believe. I don't believe I, I, I deserve half of the things that I call mine. Okay, the blessings that I've been given by the God have in heaven. It, I, I don't deserve it. I don't know what he was thinking, but God bless America. Like, he loves me some him. Okay, he loves me that much that he's blessed me beyond what I believe I deserve, and I feel. That to maintain such a healthy, loving relationship with my God, I must remain humble in this fact that I don't deserve anything he gives me because it's more than what I've already been given every day. And that's breath in my lungs and another day to do it right. You guys might have seen that meme that me and God have this little agreement. He wakes me up one more time and I try to do a little bit better than yesterday. And then I've captioned it saying, I never said it was a secret agreement. We can all do that. We all have this agreement with God that if you give me one more day, Lord, I'm going to do it better than I did today. And when he wakes you up, you're like, well, thanks. Watch me work. Right? So just live your life. 
it's that humility, knowing that I don't deserve anything more than being woke up again, God. And I don't even deserve that. That's you and God willing. Blessing. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> but anything beyond that, I don't feel I deserve it. If I remain that humble, if I remain humble to the point where I don't deserve um, the bountiful revenue that I get from my business because I got the education, that's, that should be enough. But God feels I deserve more. You're not only going to use this education, but you're going to benefit from it as well. As long as I'm tithing with a grateful, thankful, loving heart, that's going to keep on happening because that's the God I serve. That's just, that's how it works. You don't give expecting anything in return because you don't have to worry about the return because that's a given. That is a given with God. You're giving me back what's mine? All right, cool. Watch next week. No, wait, wait, wait. Wait till tomorrow. No, no, no. Just wait. Every single time I give back to my father, he gives me more. And that hum this humble soul here will remain so because I don't deserve that. I'm just giving you what's yours. It's already yours. I, I'm, just, I'm just giving it to you. You know what I mean? So he's giving it back. Keeps giving it, keeps giving it, keeps giving it because I will dutifully give him what is his. I see nothing but blessings ahead for each of us. Living that humble life. Knowing we don't deserve anything more than breathing every day. And not even that. And tithing because we remember who made it all happen in the first place. This is Prophetess LGBTQ. I really appreciate you joining. I know it's been a while. It might be a while again till I come back. But I'm a businesswoman. I'm a mother. And I'm a Christian. And at the end of the day, in that order... Up to God. God, Christian, mother, businesswoman. Prophetess LGBTQ. I love you guys. Talk to you soon.